You're listening to The Luke Bryan Show. I still remember one of my first cases and uh, one of the, the clients uh, that had um, a really difficult situation um, for them. And uh, the case is public, so I can talk about it. It's Pritchard versus Finesse. It was uh, one of my first reported decisions. And I, I remember how I felt for that client and, and what they were going through. And um, I remember not really knowing a whole lot at the time. I was just fresh out of uh, articles and had just started being a lawyer. I think it was only a few months in. And I just remember how hard, how hard I worked. And uh, uh, you know, uh, what that took. And, and I think that's something that everyone at our firm has. And, and what really attracted me to, to join you with this uh, firm and with this endeavor was uh, that commitment to really helping people and doing whatever it takes to get there. And, and I think that's what kind of flows into, into the hard work and the quality of the work and all of those things is taking a, a personal interest in uh, your clients and their success and, and making their cause your cause and, and caring about them. Um, and, you know, that helps when everyone's of like mind. And so you're not, you're not just trying to figure all these things out by yourself. You have a, a bunch of other like-minded uh, colleagues and associates and uh, staff that are all around you doing the exact same thing. And so you can uh, kind of stand on the shoulders of giants in some ways. And uh, yeah, it's a really neat place to work. Yeah. And you touched on something. Uh, one of our other core values is that commitment piece. And, and one of the, one of the things that I think is not not completely unique, but certainly um, somewhat unique is uh, us our our kind of practice as trial lawyers, and and it's uh, being a trial lawyer is a, a very intense uh, job and involves a huge amount of commitment. But tell me a bit about your passion for being a trial lawyer and and being in the courtroom, not specifically, you know, what it, what it's like for you and 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 that why it matters so much. Yeah. Uh, Courtroom work is definitely the most exhilarating thing that we do. I mean, there's a lot of analogies, I think, to sports and people make those analogies. But the, the big reason that, that court's really important to me is I, I, I don't think that you can represent your clients fully unless you have that tool in your bag. I think um, if you're not able to go to court or, or, not, or you don't do well in court, then at some point, you know, a case reaches a, uh, an impasse. And um, if you can't settle, you have to let a judge decide the case for you. And if you, if you don't step into a courtroom, you can't get that, that result. And uh, yeah, so that's something that's been a passion for me is, is trying to get in court as much as I can and uh, develop those skills and be able to represent clients at that end game. And so if we need to get there, then, then that's where we're at. Um, and it's not always the case that you have to go to trial. I think very few cases go to trial, probably three to 5% or maybe less. Uh, but you know, it's, it's ultimately, it's the end game. It's where, it's where all cases are decided if, if the lawyers can't sort them out or the parties can't resolve them. Yeah. And one thing I, I found uh, was uh, a real challenge as a young lawyer was just how complex a courtroom is in terms of the rules. And, and there's a the million, <laughs> yeah, there's a million rules and half of them are written, half of them aren't. And, and some matter that are written, some don't and, and figuring that out and the rules of evidence and how to present a case to a judge is it's, it's extremely complex. And, and I, for me, that was, that's something I loved was the complexity and learning that because the challenge of becoming a good trial lawyer was so enormous. And what's, what's your most memorable moment in the courtroom? Uh, 
Yeah, it was the cross-examination of a psychiatrist. Um, he was the head of psychiatry at a major hospital in British Columbia, and it's a reported decision, so it, you know, and this is all public record. So uh, our client had um, had um, some some mood disorders, some psychological disorders, and and the, the the doctor for ICBC said that wasn't true. That she did have these. She she was fine, and our doctor had said she wasn't fine, and and so I'm I'm essentially questioning this guy who's the head of psychiatry in his field. It's not my field. I've never been to meds, medical school. I've never become a psychiatrist. And, but I have learned a lot about psychiatry. And, and, um, and I was able to uh, essentially flip his opinion completely. And I remember this moment in the cross-examination. I think you were there watching I it. I was there. I remember and, this. Uh, and, and I asked him a question. And it was the ultimate question, which brought, you know, his whole opinion fell apart. And, and it was just silence in the courtroom. And I was just staring him in the eyes and he was looking at me and he had no idea what to say. And, and every, his own entire opinion fell apart in that moment. And it was such a powerful moment. And it was the, the you know, the, I guess all the ultimate thrill of being in a courtroom is, is really cross-examining an expert to the point that they changed their opinion. I think, um, the backstory to that, cause I, I was there, I, um, was sitting in the gallery watching this all happen. And I, I remember how tense it was and uh, how impactful it was. And, um, but the amount of work that, that went up to it, I remember sitting in, uh, your office and going through your cross-examination and how much work you put into those questions and, uh, closing those doors and leading up to that ultimate question. Uh, it's not something that you just walk into a courtroom and deliver. And, um, I think that was, uh, the interesting thing is because usually cross-examinations are quite boring, but I think you had you obviously had a really good angle and, and were very successful in that cross-examination, but the amount of work that went into that, maybe you can talk about how much work went into that. Yeah, I mean, the, the work of cross-examination is, is, is not in hours, it's in years. Uh, the, the art and the science of cross-examination is, is just massively complex and learning, learning the technical skills and then actually, it's not simply learning them, it's, it's knowing them well enough to think on your feet so incredibly fast because it's in the moment and, and you have these ideas of what the questions you want to ask, but you don't know exactly how the witness will respond and, and it's this game of cat and mouse and it's, it's, it's really, really, but it's, it's governed by incredibly complex rules, the game of cat and mouse. And so to really play it well, you have to understand the complexity of those rules and, and be able to essentially uh, trap the witness. I give this analogy, you know, I've talked a lot about this is cross-examination is, is it's like there's this person sit, sitting in a chair or standing in the middle of a round room and there's like 10 doors uh, that are all open when you start the cross-examination. And before we, I start any asking any real questions, it's close all those doors. So the witness can't run out the door when you ask him the question that really, or her the question that really matters. And so th th it's, it's, it's such a fascinating game and it involves so much strategy and, and um, I guess it's so intense and that, that's what I love. I remember that trial, it was probably, I don't know how long it was, but it was, it was either five or 10 days or something and uh, opposing counsel uh, walked in and as she walked in, uh, basically the whole firm was sitting in the back gallery, including me and I, I think a bunch of students and some other lawyers and because we were all excited for this cross-examination because we knew it was going to be uh, really good. Uh, and the lawyer walked up and said, uh, you know, cross-examinations are really boring. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't know why you guys are all here. And we were like, okay. And then it was just, uh, yeah, it was fire. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember the fir the first time. That another really exhilarating moment was the first time I flipped an expert uh, in terms of their opinion during cross examination. I remember that because you came to me and you're like, "Oh, that never happens. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it'll happen again." And then it happened every other trial after that. Yeah, it's happened. I've had a lot of success at it, and it's 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 the hardest skill I think in terms of being a good trial lawyer is is that. And it's really because you're 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 questioning a person in their field of expertise and and it's not my field of expertise and I have to learn it well enough to, to beat them at it and that just takes a lot of work. But tell me about, about your passion about being in the courtroom and what do you love? What are your favorite moments? Yeah, so my my favorite moment is probably the uh, last year um, I was in the Court of Appeal on uh, a lien case and I just remember being there and being the court of appeals is quite a unique experience because you're you get to there's like red carpets and you know it's very formal and uh you know you're all robed up and and there's a three justice panel and all of them are grilling you and you don't get to get into your submissions very far and you really got to be on your on your feet and prepared and know your arguments inside and out and i remember uh going through my submissions, it was my turn. And then uh, when I was done, you know, we had a break and we went out and I was like, oh, I felt like that went pretty well. You know, I think like things went okay. And then uh, all the other counsel stood up and they did an amazing job as well. And it uh, came back to me for reply. And then all of a sudden I just got bombarded with questions from the from the bench and uh, um, went out of there going, maybe it didn't go as well as I thought it did. And uh, uh, ultimately we were successful uh, in the appeal and, and overturned the decision. Um, but I just remember kind of being on my feet and just kind of how alive uh, we felt and then bigger than that the impact that that decision had for our client was uh, just absolutely it was just so significant um, it ended up being the difference between them having a place to live and them not having a place to live and that's why we were fighting so hard for the decision so yeah I think that was uh, one of my favorite moments not just for the experience in the courtroom but also for uh, the impact it had for the client and, and reminding us why we do what we do. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing is like, um, my next question for you is the why, you know, why we do this. And, you know, I talk about the thrill of this cross-examination, but the why is the really important part. And, and in, in that case, it, it made a different, an enormous difference to my client in her life. And, and she, you know, was able to be, receive a compensation award that was quite substantial and, and take care of her. And she'd been in a bad car accident and wasn't able to work. And, and so really at the end of the day, that's where my passion springs from is really, it's making a huge difference in someone's life. And, and that is changing the trajectory of their life often. And yeah, so, I mean, you, you touched on that a little bit in terms of that case, but tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, that's exactly why uh, why we do what we do and, and why you work so hard and, uh, you know, why you put in the time and why you want to be the best that you can be so that you can get those types of results and make sure that you can make those changes for people. And, um, yeah, those are those are definitely uh, the reasons we do what we do, I think. And I think that's something that, that's the same for everybody in, in our firm, and that's something that we, uh, yeah, really work hard to maintain. And this goes back to that culture piece. I mean, we've kind of gone on a bit down a, a rabbit hole here, but um, yeah, going back to it, I mean, this is the culture. Yeah, you know, I think when I look back over my legal career, those are some of the most rewarding moments. I, I think of a, a moment uh, a little over a year ago, I settled a very large case for a client that was quite badly injured. And and uh, I'll never forget the moment when we had the last meeting and uh, he got his payout and um, and 
he was he was just like Luke, can I hug you? And he's this big strapping guy, and he's you know hard, you know kind of a hardcore guy, and 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 he's just got tears in his eyes, and he says, "You saved my life," and that's a powerful moment. Yeah, I remember that case. That was uh, one of one of many cases uh, where you've made a significant difference in somebody's life, and it's quite an inspiring thing. I know it's inspiring for me, and uh, yeah, no, definitely. I see, I see, I see you getting a bit choked up here, Luke. Yeah, well, I mean, this is really the heart of why why I do what I do, and I think this is also the heart of why you and I are so close. It's because I think we share that passion at such a deep level. So take me through uh, after you got called and sort of your trajectory through law um, and uh, getting to where you're at now. I mean, we've kind of talked about uh, your upbringing and we've talked about, uh, you know, uh, you becoming a lawyer, but we haven't talked about uh, how you got to, to here. Yeah, that's, uh, so, I, I, um, so I did a history degree and then I went to law school at UBC and I had moved out there um, my wife and we were both from the Fraser Valley, Chilliwack and Abbotsford and I thought oh, I'll just go to law school and I'll, we'll move back to the valley and I'll be a lawyer out there and then uh, moved to Kitsilano and I was living near Kitts Beach and just thought well this is fantastic, Why I'm not moving back and so ended up getting a job at a big downtown law firm like I think it's one of the top three or four biggest law firms in, in British Columbia and um, had a great experience there in the in the sense of great experience as a litigator, and I had some phenomenal mentorship there, and 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 got some just incredible experience. And one of the things they so I was in this huge firm and and just massive cases, and I got to work on those massive cases. But one one of the new litigators every year got all the uh, small claims work. And some of the litigators thought that, you know, the other juniors didn't want it. And I was like, I want it because that means I get into court and I get to, you know, do the trial myself. I'll never forget my first trial. Um, it was up in Vernon. I was, it was a small claims debt, $2,000. It was someone's phone bill and they didn't want to pay it. And drove up to Vernon and I, I couldn't sleep the whole night. I was so nervous and, and it got into the courtroom and it was November in Vernon and, and it's like the break in the first hour of trial. And, and the judge is like, you know what? I can see my breath. It's so cold in here. And, and I'm like, oh, it's perfect. I'm not even sweating. And, and, you know, just the stress of, of being in the courtroom at the beginning is so, so high. And I, I was successful on that trial. And that was, you know, the beginning of many, many trials and, and started out with a lot of small claims work and, and just was in the courtroom all the time. And, and, uh, and then also did very large trials there. And, and so, uh, and went to the court of appeal on a six week trial that I had done with my, my mentor there. Um, and, and so that's, that's a real theme for me is, and I think for you in your life as well is, is mentorship. And I've had just phenomenal mentors and, and that started at, at the initial law firm I started at and then, and then, uh, had a, had a kid and, and decided to move back to the Valley and, um, uh, joined a substantially substantial uh, law firm in the Fraser Valley, one of the larger ones, and and worked there for 14 years, and and again had phenomenal mentorship, and and really some of the the top uh, litigators in the province uh, were mentors to me, and and just taught me so much, and so what that looked like was just going to trial a lot, going with those mentors, and then a lot of my own, and and then and then also then starting to mentor other people, and maybe that ties into a bit of, of our story. Yeah, no, definitely. I, when I, uh, I remember the first time, uh, well, one of the first times I met you, I mean, we did the interviews and stuff and then, uh, you know, he has decided to bring me on, uh, uh, mass must've been 20, 
2013 or 2014, um, and he was inviting me out to a baseball game. And I went to the baseball game. Uh, he just knew my history playing baseball, and um, it was it was a lot of fun. But afterwards, I had to sign my articling contract. And I remember, and people, if anyone knows Luke, they know that he takes his shirt off a fair amount. Uh, <laughs> but his shirt was definitely off, and uh, I signed my articling contract with, with Luke there. Uh, tarps off, and that was the, that was the beginning of of just an amazing uh, friendship and mentorship and. Um, yeah, you really took me under your wing and and taught me much of what you know. And then I was fortunate enough to be around uh, a lot of the other incredible litigators at the firm. Um, got to junior some trials with some some titans of the industry. Um, yeah, learned learned a lot and and on sort of in reflection. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. So I didn't even actually see how brilliant uh, some of the litigation uh, was and some of the skills that they had uh, were uh, until I kind of went back into it afterwards. And I was like, oh man, they were doing all of this stuff too. And it was, yeah, really cool to go back and kind of see see that. And so kind of being steeped uh, in that uh, level of skill was uh, incredible for me starting out. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And then keeping a broad uh, base for litigation as well. I think at the time we didn't know what was going to happen uh, with personal injury. Uh, uh, now they've gone to no fault and that was a big area of practice for the firm and, and something that I was very passionate about because of what had happened with my mom. Um, and yeah, so, so I definitely tried to... Um, learn other areas and that was at your guidance as well. And so I uh, did a bunch of commercial and civil litigation and defamation and really anything that I could get in there uh, and fight for somebody that had a cause that I really believed in. Um, and uh, there's definitely a lot of them out there. I think there's a lot of people that uh, struggle and access to justice is a big issue. And it's something that, um, you know, we try and tackle as much as we can. Absolutely. And, and that's a big, I guess, part of our, who we are as a firm as well is that we tend to act more for individuals than, than large corporations. Um, and then that's, I think, resonates with who both you and I are. And, and I think we like fighting the, the fight friend, you know, the David and Goliath. And I think both that resonates with, well, certainly with me in terms of, you know, fighting the fight for, for the people that really need it. In my articles, I start off doing some criminal stuff, uh, not really by, uh, not, not really by choice, but, uh, you know, I think it's important to kind of get that broad perspective. But then after that, I did a lot of uh, commercial and civil litigation, everything from uh, neighbor disputes and property lines and, uh, you know, uh, dog uh, uh, feces left on lawns and, you know, loud waterfalls and, uh, you know, a, a use and enjoyment of property. And, uh, yeah, all the way up to now doing, you know, multi-million dollar estate and commercial and uh, personal injury matters. And so it's been quite the journey. I think, uh, you know, you started out with a, you know, a phone bill and, <laughs> and now here you are as well. You know, it's, it's a journey for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you start out with a two thousand dollar phone bill, and next thing you know, you're doing multi million dollar commercial disputes, and and it it's, but it's that one of the things you touched on a little bit when you were just talking is strategy, and I think that's something that both you and I are very passionate about. And I I actually hearken back to my childhood. One of the things that I, I love about my childhood was uh, my dad played chess with me just uh, like constantly, and so it was starting when I was six years old. It was chess almost every day, and by the time I was ten or eleven, I could beat most adults at chess and. Although I don't play much chess anymore, it's too busy, but uh, a lot of what we do is like chess and it's kind of seeing the end game. And one of uh, our, 
our sayings about our firm is this. We talk about being uh, caring strategists and, and, and chestnut checkers, right? And, and it's really thinking about how to, when we, when, when I meet a client, uh, the big thing I start with is kind of tell me a bit about what's happened. And, and then the big question is, where do you want this to go? What, how, what ending do you want? And then my job is to, to build a strategy to get to that end game. And how, how can I get to that end game and achieve that outcome that the client is looking for? Tell, tell me a bit about how you approach it in terms of your, your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I learned from the best, so I approach it the same way. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, but, but I think there's more elements to it than that. I mean, it's not just where do you want to go and let me develop a strategy to get to to get there, but it's also what's the most economic strategy, what's the quickest strategy, uh, you know, uh, a, a lot of getting to where uh, the client wants to get uh, has other parameters to it and being able to uh, kind of walk things out. We talk about this a lot. It's like, well, if I do this, uh, what are they going to do? What's the response? And being able to kind of see uh, see all the different steps and all the different plays and, and um, go through that is is really what I think separates great counsel from, you know, average counsel. And um, that's something that uh, we certainly strive for. And, and you know, the, the, the more you get into the late games, the more you're able to see all the steps getting to the late games. Um, and so, yeah, really focusing on being in that, in that end game a lot and, and all the strategies to get there is something that's really important. Um, and often clients say, I don't want to get to the end game. And so, you know, a lot of your strategy is, well, how do I avoid this? You certainly know how to get there. So <laughs> how do you avoid it? You know? And so, yeah, definitely um, something that's important uh, for me. And, and I know for us is being, being caring strategists. Yeah. You're listening to The Luke Bryan Show.